0: Welcome to the World of Procurement Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnes, and we've got Joanna Martinez with us on the show today. Joanna is a expert in procurement supply chain. She's held very senior roles in this space for let's call it 30 plus years. She's now a independent consultant, advisor, author, and she's also putting together a wonderful um, series uh, of learning which is going to cover so many topics so many digital topics i had the the fortune of listening to one of them sort of a 20 30 minute uh, introduction into blockchain digital transformation and how we will in procurement be using that technology in the future it was really beneficial really useful and joanna is going to be launching that course sometime this month and as soon as she does we'll have that link in the show notes but i think you should go and connect with her on linkedin and just get to know her she's incredible and today we're just talking about the future Of procurement supply chain where it is going and it kind of took a different direction I thought we were gonna kind of nerd out around all the technology uh, side of things but we we actually covered uh, a lot of ground and covered it from a different perspective so I think you will get a lot of value out of this and yeah let's jump into it all. before we jump directly into this podcast this podcast is brought to you by icarus consultancy and we're actually looking at taking on new clients and we're we think we're in a position to do this and what we want to focus on initially for the rest of 2020 is two main things one is contract management and we think you've probably got a lot of value tied up in your contracts your 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 contracts probably aren't Always performing as well as they should be and it's probably because you've left them alone to some extent post sourcing stage so you're you're not fulfilling the full procurement cycle you're not going in depth on that contract management learning from experience piece and utilizing the contract the terms the performance metrics the process around that so we really want to come and help you just improve that area and get a lot more value out of your contracts. and go full circle we really want to help you with your procurement activities, whether that's getting a clearer requirement in place, building better relationships within your business, whether you need a bit of training on that, or whether it's just actually just coming in virtually, let's say virtually for now, and just helping you get better requirements out the door, building better evaluation structures and criterias that enable you to get the very best suppliers. And their, like I said, full circle approach, to then contract manage those wonderful contracts you've, you've made, that you've built, that you've negotiated to get full value for your business. Money is tight in this world at the moment. You, you need your, your current contracts to be performing and you need your new contracts to be performing at some point. So that's what we're willing to do for you. And if you're interested in that, just send me a, an email uh, direct at Daniel, at icarus that's about i-k-a-r-o-s it's a funny uk. so it's daniel at icarus.uk.com i think i just said it wrong just then so it's daniel at icarus.uk.com and let's jump into this podcast with joanna so joanna really good to have you on the, the world of procurement podcast we've already chatted quite some time before this episode and uh, we've already had a, a video chat maybe a, a couple weeks ago so i'm, I'm excited for this and uh, we're, we're going to cover kind of maybe where procurement is going to, to go in the, the rest of the 21st century, where sourcing and is, is, is moving to, and obviously that's relying on organizations, businesses taking up the change and uh, pushing forward that, that transformation piece. So I'm excited to, to, to have this conversation and I'd love just to get your thoughts initially on kind of where do you think procurement and sourcing is, is, is going in the future?
1: So this is such an exciting time for procurement and sourcing. I mean, uh, coming off the heels of the COVID pandemic, I, you know, how often before that did you ever hear procurement or supply chain mentioned in, um, uh, in a, a television show or a news report? Uh, a little history, I think, is important. This concept we've had of category management and the way procurement has gone and delivered for companies, really had its genesis in the early 90s. You know, before then, it was pretty much procurement by the classic, the three martini lunch that you, you know, might have read about or, or seen in, in Madden when it was on TV. Um, and then, you know, these these gentlemen came with this concept and it really took hold of doing wheel analysis in categories and understanding, um, uh, you know, the, the business and how things are being made and having a structured approach to um, to bidding and to analysis, um, you know, and to supplier relationships, and that's had a great run, right? There aren't many concepts that get a thirty-year run, but um, you know, as the first set of of benefits came forward, uh, each successive iteration either did not deliver as much as the beginning iterations, or relied on some fundamental change. A new invention of sorts so for example uh, people went out and they did all kinds of work on the print category and then uh, over time that kind of has morphed into uh, email communications and so with it a whole different way of looking at the category and uh, a, you know a demand management thing where a lot of the demand is going away and so you, you have um, you've had that approach for a long time I believe that the technology, right? Digitization is giving us that next wave. It is really resetting the bar in terms of what is possible for businesses to achieve. And um, you know, procurement organizations have the opportunity if they embrace it and are willing to learn and be bold enough to, to do things a different way, uh, great opportunities to flush out more benefit for their companies uh, in 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 process and in other kinds of areas that beyond just getting a savings dollar.
0: No, that's great. I really like the 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 background you just provided because especially for me, like I'm a '90s child, so so I kind of just for me coming into the the, the procurement world, category management has always been this sort of master class of how to do things and when I look at it I, I see some benefits but then I kind of see like it, it, it kind of hasn't it doesn't seem to have changed at all really it's you you like you said you you categorize things you look at how it maybe gets from source or material and gets made and you may try and leverage it and with lots of different suppliers or you might consolidate suppliers and only use one for one category and vice versa. And it, it, it's got some benefits, but it feels very almost process orientated, very manual labor in intensive in that you, you need a dedicated, almost category manager. That's why they have those positions to constantly be doing uh, the work around it. And it, to me, it feels like the new technologies, blockchain, uh, which I think is going to be really powerful from a trans, uh, transparency perspective, visibility, and um, almost the track and trace of items, uh, smart contracts, RPA, that we don't necess- necessarily need people in these roles doing these activities that really could be done with a bit of technology or your software.
1: You know, you're, you're 100% right there. And I think that businesses have to rethink, procurement organizations have to rethink their model. There are certain things that are key to um, a company's product or service that you really do need to have expertise in house. So a consumer goods company, for example, needs packaging and they need innovative packaging. And so you need someone who understands packaging. You need someone who understands the chemistry of what's being manufactured. If you're a jewelry manufacturer, if you're Tiffany's, you need somebody who knows how to buy diamonds and gold and silver and things like that. But traditionally when someone new comes into sourcing, what did they do? They started a purchasing organization and they populate it with category management and I, managers. And I think they go too far or too far for what the business needs today. 30 years ago, it was fine to have a category manager for every category of spend. Today, I think you need to look at the important things that are critical to your company's strategy and make sure that you always have the right expertise and a succession plan and all of that in place to make sure that your company never loses uh, intellectual capital as as people move in and out. However, there are a whole lot of other things that aren't critical to the organization and i believe there that those positions should be much more fluid so uh you may need someone to um help you with setting up uh rate cards and things with recruiters and some services like that but overall your company may be moving to using linkedin more for recruiting and having more people in house doing things and so you bring someone in to help you get that up and going and then perhaps you rotate that out and you bring in someone who is uh, an expert on procurement technology and helps you build technology. Or maybe someone who um, has done a lot of um, outsourcing of data centers and can help with the project of shutting down your data center and um, you know eliminating the servers and things that you've had and moving it all to the cloud. So uh, you really have to look, I think, at, at a, a two part organization the stable and then the rotating piece
0: yeah i really like how you you just explained all of that and i i kind of got two points from that that i think uh, uh, could be worthwhile to uh, to explore actually so the, the first point i kind of got from what you said you need those there's those su- almost the subject matter experts that very high level thinking or or the the, the strategic thinking of an individual to come in and almost show you how to do it how to get things right and that kind of feels like we might be talking about in the future moving away from having a lot of those the, the tactical positions and going forwards with a more sort of business minded strategic almost entrepreneurial skill set for procurement professionals that's what businesses want and then on top of that the way you kind of explained it's almost like you said it could be called a churn or a cycle the the, the, the a cycle is probably a nicer word to use that we might see the rise of a lot of procurement consultants moving around sharing their expertise and and maybe more of a move away from having you know a, a 20 staff members you might have a core team of 10 and then cycle through consultants that come in who are being used for that more strategic thinking and I don't know. That's kind of what I was getting there. It'd be good to get your view there.
1: Well, a hundred percent. That's it exactly. And given what's going on in the world today, right, and the um, you know the demands that will be there on businesses to be lean and to be cost effective coming out of uh, coming back to work after uh, you know pandemic related um, st- stoppages. Uh, I go back to the Great Recession in 2008. So I went to work for a company that had extremely, extremely limited resources. And um, we struck a deal uh, in terms of what I could have, and it was a dollar amount. I could see that I was not going to be a good steward of the company's um, trust if I came in and I stacked in a traditional way because there was a huge amount of demand, and how, even though there were plenty of people available in the marketplace, how was I ever going to uh, find category managers with such broad expertise that they could handle all of the categories that needed to be worked on? And so we agreed on a dollar amount. And I went out to people who were willing to work on assignments and brought them in and got a piece of work done here and then the next person that came in worked somewhere else and worked somewhere else and for very limited cash we were able to establish a great foundation for the company and then over time as business improved we went to that that model of, you know and it was pretty close actually to 50-50 in terms of where the dollars were being spent often a consulting dollar obviously is more expensive than a a uh, you know a uh, payroll dollar but um, but it was more than worth it in terms of the breadth we were able to tackle in the organization and the places we were able to help. So, so if you are, uh, there's nothing like having someone who really understands technology working with the technology folks and the same with, with you know, travel and everything else as opposed to generic uh, procurement people. So when things improved, and I actually could have, snapped back up again. I didn't, because that model really worked well. And I've been espousing it ever since. And I think given the conditions of the world, it's time to remind people that that's a creative way to uh, help their companies perhaps go farther faster.
0: Yeah, I really like that that perspective you shared. And funny enough, I've recorded a, a few podcast in the last week or so and I, I spoke to one gentleman called Rupert and we know each other. We live quite close to each other. He's a he's actually a, a recruiter um, for procurement professionals, has a very successful business called procurement heads. We had this exact same chat around the potential shift in the COVID era or post-COVID era of moving to sort of that consultancy, that interim Model because of the flexibility because it may be now that businesses kind of are going to set up maybe these these COVID task forces I, I've seen that branded around or or almost disaster mitigation teams or just teams that want to look at doing things differently and I think like you said earlier on when have we ever heard procurement mentioned in the news and and it's not just uh, for example you're based in the US you've heard it on your your national news i've heard it in the uk procurement's been uh, front and center 5 p.m every single day when the the government does its briefing and it kind of just feels that businesses themselves might be waking up to the fact that procurement have a lot to offer and that subject matter expertise may really prove to be vitally important in Whatever wherever we're going in terms of uh, uh, the global economy, the way businesses are going to operate in the future.
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the smart use of procurement brain power um, will, will be vital going forward. There's a couple of things that procurement need to do. One is, given the fact that once this is, over, once the worst of this is over, and businesses are kind of resurfacing and people are spending their full day at the office as, or at work as opposed to trying to juggle work and childcare and, and teaching their children um, you know, at, at, at the same time. And those big projects and things start up. Uh, there's a great opportunity to tackle things in a very different way. And I think that is a blend of technology and, uh, using that technology to get at some of the big issues. So risk is on everyone's mind right now, but you know, over the years, risk has, I think, habitually taken a second place to cost. Right. And people will talk about risk and procurement people struggle with what do I do? How do I put in place a real good risk mitigation program? And, uh, and when worse comes to worse, when push comes to shove, uh, I, I think have often just deferred back to what they know as opposed to really putting in a different sort of program. And this, this I think we've, if, if, if you can see this, we've been on one side here with cost. Uh, we've looked at risk uh, mitigation. Sometimes it's on the other side in terms of 180 degrees opposite. We have to figure out some some happy medium that allows the business to function with some good backups in order to be able to uh, meet the needs that they weren't able to meet this time around uh, and yet not get to a point where from a cost structure it's, it's impossible. I was listening to the governors of, of, of six of the U.S. states who have banded together and they're saying, okay, this state has, these two states have a lot of fabric manufacturing, fabric mills. We know in the future we will be able to use them to make personal protective equipment. We have pharma over here. We're going to band together with our needs and try to do effectively group procurement and, um, and, and get volume high enough to be able to uh, move that, that line between the, the risk and the cost uh, to a, a point that's, that's going to be good for us. I think the other thing is that sometimes procurement organizations are so enamored of the process that they have created these processes that are so unwieldy and so unnecessary given the things that are available, the technologies that are available today. So you, the early adopters, right, the companies that were out there in the forefront the big companies that have a lot of money and have been around for a long time have, were put in these big end-to-end systems, right? Whichever system you put in to do multiple functions, you know, finance, accounts, payable, procurement, sometimes human resources. I can guarantee you two things. One is that procurement was likely the add-on that got added on for free, because they focus much more on, on putting in good financial systems, number one. And number two, that compromises get made. Whenever you have something that is supposed to do so many different functions, um, uh, the, there is a compromise of sorts because you can't do everything. You can't be top of the line on every single function when you're doing. 50 or 60 or 80 different functions, uh, you know, for a company. So uh, artificial intelligence, right, uh, has enabled all these point solutions to come in, all of these suppliers and these great entrepreneurs to be able to develop very targeted solutions. So, um, you know, I was um, talking to some folks recently from a company called BidOps. That uses a supplier persona, create supplier personas based on their bidding history to help in the process of negotiation and to help companies understand what is likely a best price scenario. Think about that. Think about how much we've negotiated blindly in the past and um, haven't, you know, have just in the end even it's been a best guess. I know I had a I had a boss who used to get what he called performance anxiety at the end, he was never sure that he actually got the best deal. He always felt like if he was um, uh, once he made an agreement that in fact he had left something on the table when somebody else was willing to agree to it, there's always that and so taking that away and being able to have a more fact-based decision uh, discussion, think about how much faster that can that can be. Uh, you know supplier identification. Right. Like way, way, way back. They used these big, thick Thomas registers who would page through looking to try to find suppliers and were limited to who was in the register. And, um, you know, the last time the register was published. Now you have all of these great tools that are there to identify suppliers and, um, you know, I know that you've got some really good folks in in the UK and I know there's insight sourcing group in the United States that classify the suppliers much better so all that time spent in the mundane clerical aspects uh not sure about what kind of price to ultimately settle on you've got these wonderful little solutions that are very inexpensive that that you can go you can put if that's a pain point if you're in a business that's new and growing and you are really struggling to find suppliers to help you, well, what better a situation to be in than to use one of these point solutions to help you out. And, um, and those, taking that and putting in a point solution here where you might have a problem, a point solution that helps you, um, you know, with whatever aspect of that sourcing process is giving you difficulty is a going to free up some of that person power and if you free up a little here you free up a little there you free up a little there you you wind up with the ability to use that brain power in a very different way to to bring a lot more strategic benefit to your company so i'm so excited by what this technology brings because i've seen brilliant companies who are developing phenomenal uh, you know, drugs and drug therapies and things like that, brought to their knees by long, laborious procurement processes. And that can all, all go away. And the procurement folks can be spending their time helping find those suppliers that are going to help this company meet their strategic needs.
0: Yeah, I think you've just made, I'm almost digesting everything you've just said still, because you raised so many good points that I really like your point on the whole risk element being 180 degrees opposite sides to the 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 pricing elements and i think what a lot of businesses fail to realize is if you get your risk strategy wrong you you normally end up paying a lot of money out because those risks do actually emerge or or or, and actually there's no harm in having a a very good risk strategy with a risk budget that you can jump in and use when needed to mitigate risks before they occur and i i don't think that happens enough and there's not enough visibility there and i i really like your your points around the the massive erp systems that you know they, they do everything but like you said there's lots of other little suppliers now and they're utilizing things like artificial intelligence machine learning they're they're getting smarter every time you use them like you said uh, i think it was bid you mentioned that they build that that pro- profile for you i like the the the, the point with regards to the to find in or sourcing suppliers as well, and there's a very nice bit of software. For, I've not used it yet, but I see them around. It by a uh, Tillbook, and Tillbook use AI and they self-populate. I, don't know, I think it's something like four million different suppliers worldwide. Just like that, you can type anything in, you'll, you'll find your supplier that you need. And I've also been fascinated with. This other bit of software that I've not used yet either, and I'm hoping I can go somewhere and implement it, and it's called Juro And you mentioned we, we normally negotiate blind, right? Like we we go in, and I mean I think most people are aware of the situation that you you mentioned, where someone's afraid that they've left something on the table, and they may always want to go back and get a little bit more. They don't really know what what the outcome is they want to achieve before they even step into ne- the, the negotiation. And I found this tool, duro that actually when you're drafting the contract clauses and maybe negotiating on the contract clause, which is obviously only a small part of a negotiation, but a very important part that can, you know, it can add cost and risk. That actually uses AI to show you or flag up bad clauses or clauses that your business doesn't like. And I assume it does it on some sort of Profile element. So I, I think that that's incredible. That that overview that you you just gave. And I mean, how how I look at this because there's all these wonderful technologies, these small packages, like you say, that don't cost much. Businesses seem to want to employ even people like us to to come in and try and sort out a lot of issues. And they could probably, let's be honest, use a bit of software at some point, and they won't need us, which is bad for us. I don't know. <laughs> Why aren't more companies doing this? Are there, are there big barriers to this? Are there, Is it more of a mindset and just like a they've almost always done things in, like you say, the category man- management approach, and there's not enough maybe thought leadership out there or in the business to, to make this proactive
1: change? So um, a couple of thoughts there, but I will say uh, before I get into that, that you've given me a good idea. I'm looking at Juro, so thank you for that. And um, I have uh, I experimented with TealBook and it is awesome. It is awesome the way you can not just find a supplier but get opinions, you know, get get you know real vetting from other users of that supplier. And that's something that that is so hard to find, right? I always laugh when people ask for references in our FP. Are you ever gonna get a bad reference? Of course you're not. Um, but to actually have it there online for you ahead of time and be able to, uh, uh, to see that sort of, uh, of input is, I think, important because I think it enhances the chances that you're going to get a real view on, on that supply. Uh, but getting back to the why, well, first of all, uh, there's some saying, I think actually Winston Churchill may have been, uh, gotten credit for it, although though he may not have actually said it, about um, past success being an obstacle to future success. And that, right, procurement organizations, people have, have gotten wonderful promotions, great jobs, exciting jobs, um, made very good money doing things a certain way. And it's really hard to change that. It's really hard to find an incentive when you're happy, when your family's happy, when you love the company you're working for, when your CFO thinks you're wonderful uh it's it's tough to say oh i think we should do things a different way so that self-reflection is difficult i think the other thing is that there has been a perception that the way to make change is to change platform solution and that brings with it a perception of millions of dollars loss of important data and a whole lot longer to implement than anyone expects. And that was the case 15, 20 years ago. But now you don't have to get rid of that, right? Now, if you're using a great, an ERP system, and it has 20 years of your company data in it, and it's working fine for finance, um, you know, accounts payable, uh, human resources, whatever it is, um, you can just find point solutions for the pain points and they are inexpensive and i've been so uh, excited about the way a lot of these providers have been willing to share information let people test and that and even if it's not overt on someone's website uh you can pick up the phone and say i've been doing research i've come to the conclusion that this is a great one how can i prove the business case how can I use this for some events and and see what happens to be able to help my management and generally speaking they'll let you do that in fact one of the best technology situations I was ever in was one where I was able to bring a technology to a company and they allowed me to use it for uh, three uh, three events and on the first one it was very high risk this was a company that was very technology averse they were in financial services they invested a lot in their financial services technology but not a lot anywhere else and in the very first event we were able to prove the point uh well beyond the cost of the license so uh you know choosing wisely and um and making some trials may get you to that business case and may can help you get your company excited about it
0: yeah i think that's excellent advice i think like you say these companies they 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 also now operate differently they don't they're not necessarily hidden behind a a big paywall and they want you to obviously go out use it in your business maybe trial it because they know once you you have used it you're going to get a lot of benefit and hopefully you're going to go back to them and get a license for however long. So no, I, I think that there's some really good points that you've delivered overall and kind of where we're going some of the challenges, benefits, and just, you know, just provide so many good insights. And uh, it, it's been really good talking to you, but I just want to maybe move off of this subject and just ask you a few different questions if you're game for that. You sure. So one of these can be really easy because you just emailed me before the podcast. And I'd like to now ask if you could listen to anyone on this podcast, who would it be? And so I'm just going to open the floor uh, to you on that.
1: Oh, anyone, uh, anyone for you to bring as a guest?
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
1: Well, I would love to hear from some of these uh, point uh, solution providers. So Stephanie Lapierre from Tealbook or uh, Edmund from BidOps, um, you know, bring them on to talk about what brought them to this solution. And uh, because this education is great, you know, what happened way back with the big solutions is that those companies went to the CIOs, didn't they? Because they were big tickets and they needed someone with a huge budget. And it was the CIOs who sort of were the gateway to bring them into the companies. These these new solutions, these new AI-based solutions are going to the procurement professional. So if there are uh, ways uh, to use your podcast to get some of them out there and, and to have more people learn about them, I think it will be good for everybody. It obviously will be good for their businesses, but it will be good for the businesses that they stand to help as well. I think um, also, um, and I, may, I know you do a lot of work in the legal space. So someone, and a name does not pop to mind, but you probably know someone, who could really talk about smart contracts and how contracts need to change, right? The more there is, we didn't get into blockchain on this conversation, but the more that there are blockchain solutions out there or solutions that are relying on smart contracts, the more our contracts have to be not something that's done after the fact that everyone is really keeping their fingers crossed they don't ever have to look at because it's got more holes than a piece of Swiss cheese, but but uh, documents that are tight that allow for um, you know all kinds of different scenarios that are clear on the situations in which uh, a supplier gets paid or increases cost or doesn't. So um, I think that, that that is an important thing to be professional procurement. On.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I mean I, I think they're all really good suggestions. And I, I think I will start reaching out to some of those those uh, service providers, the SaaS products or the, the, the those sort of people because I think you're right, not enough people understand what they can do. And I think it'd just be really interesting to hear the problem points as to why they actually even made these 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 Uh, software solutions because that's probably what a lot of businesses are experiencing right now and i like the point you made about smart contracts i have i think i've got the the perfect guest already lined up to to come in and do a massive deep dive into smart contracts blockchain and actually uh, a wider piece on legal engineering actually i think i've got two people so that's that's going to be really exciting to uh, almost nerd out a bit with them uh, and that covers so much more than just the procurement piece, just wider, uh, uh contract legal contract management. I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully get them on. And, um, another question, where, and it, this is my, this was kind of like a personal subjective perspective from you, from you that I'm looking for is where do you go to sort of read up to learn up on the latest trends or new technologies or new ideas in procurement and supply chain or, or contracts? Do you have any resources that you, you go to?
1: Well, you know, so I spend a lot of time, right. I spent, because I do a lot of speaking, I spend a lot of time preparing for those talks and um, you know, I will, uh, you know, do, do research, uh, maybe identify some names, call them up and see if I can talk to them. I do, when I go to conferences, whatever conferences look like in the future, when I went to conferences in the past, in which case I, yeah, I would make sure that I spent time on the supplier uh, floor and didn't just avoid it or didn't run through in order to get a cup of coffee and then run out, but really talk to these folks because I, as I said, they're engaging businesses different from the, the big box providers, engage them. So you can really learn a lot. I listen to the webinars. Uh, you know, you can spend all of your time doing it. You've got to take it in bits and pieces. But, you know, things like your podcast, uh, you know, I listen to Art of Procurement, um, you know, with Philip Bidenson, and, um, uh, you know, ways to educate myself. I'll ask people, what are their big burning points? What are they seeing as issues and look for trends? I'll tell you, I've had so many people come up to me after a talk and say thank you for uh explaining how ai gets worked uh here or exactly what blockchain means, or rpa robotics process automation right how that works because i didn't understand and i was in i don't have the time to uh, spend a lot of time You know searching and um i felt embarrassed i was hearing the term and i didn't want to raise my hand and be the one at work uh to say um i'm the one who doesn't know and i'll tell you i was speaking to a group of people um and i could tell by their faces they didn't understand some concepts and i asked if i could stop for a few minutes and go back and explain some things and their leader was saying, oh now everybody gets it. And everybody, their faces, I could see their faces. We're going, oh please, oh please, help us. So I actually have devoted this month of May to creating a um, uh, a series of uh, online learning tools uh, that I am hoping to have finished, as I said in a, in a couple of weeks time, on basic. Here's RPA, Here's here's blockchain, you know, built at a very basic level so that people on their own time and in a no judgment zone can ask questions, can come to me and say, hey, I listened to this. I didn't understand that. And I can get some dialogues going going back with people because I think it's really important that everyone feel comfortable. And unless you went to engineering school, you're not going to understand some of these concepts. You didn't get them in school and you would know.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, uh, some really good resources. I really like the the Art of Procurement podcast as well. Philip Edison does a, a sterling job there. Something like three hundred episodes. I, I don't know how he's managed that. And yeah, yeah. So so I I saw a bit of your video for the for the the blockchain uh, uh, event and the uh, video that you made, and I I thought it was really good. So uh, I think by the time we probably published this podcast, I think you might be done with. I, hope, I so, hope so. So we're engaged closer to the time when this is going to launch because I'm all over the place and I'm not sure when it will launch just yet. But it will be in the near future and hopefully we can drive some people over to that and they can get a, almost like a, I feel, I, I'm comfortable saying a masterclass in it because the way in which you went over blockchain and uh, some of the other elements, smart contracts, I thought was just super simple. And you made it sound as though it's the easiest thing in the world and I've done a lot of research and education uh, around blockchain and those sort of technologies. I even studied it for a bit during my master's degree. It's not complex. It's it's not simple. Sorry, it is very complex. Um, and and this kind of just moves on to my last question or last point is that wh- where can people find you? I know you've got a published book, and it looks like it's got quite a quite a few five-star ratings on Amazon as well. And um, and yeah, wh- where can people find you? Where can uh, How can people engage you for work moving forward, uh, especially in the post-COVID uh, world, which hopefully we'll enter soon enough?
1: So the best thing to do is to look for me on LinkedIn. You know, Joanna Martinez, put in Joanna Martinez Procurement or Joanna Martinez Supply Chain. Um, I have a, a, a little company, it's called Supply Chain Advisors. So any one of that and you will find me. I do have. In fact, it's funny, right? Because I'm here, my and I do have the book, (laughs) "A Guide to Positive Disruption," and that is a whole different. That's because I was warned early in my career that I would see a lot of disruption. I did experience quite a bit. I think any one of us uh, who has worked for dynamic, changing businesses will will remember this COVID-related disruption, but actually when you think back, you've actually lived through a lot more as well, and um, I think that you can let it crush you or you can grab the experience by the horns and say, look, I've had to adapt here, here, and here. How do I now adapt to this world of technology? And how do I, uh, how do, I do things differently? And how am I going to learn more to keep myself relevant uh, as we move further into the 21st century?
0: No, that's great. And I'll make, sure, I'll make sure everything's linked anyway. I'll link to your book, your your LinkedIn, your company. Everything will be in the show notes so uh, people can just check those out uh, on their podcast player right now and and uh, go go find you out there. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed the conversation and the direction it went today. I think you've given incredible amounts of value in, in, in this space of time.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much.
0: Wow. Joanna has... Blow me away! Actually, I have just been listening back to this as I do, uh, when I'm when I'm editing, when I'm uh, taking in the conversation after we we've spoken. And I think Joanna has given so much value, and I I, I think she's just discussed a, a topic that I think a lot of procurement, a lot of supply chain, a lot of contract management, commercial people find to be quite complex. And made it sound really quite straightforward and that's the truth of it it's it's there to enable your team to improve to do more uh, with the the small amount of time you have each and every day Joanna is putting together a course some training around this this whole topic and we we've, we've been chatting, we were hoping that it was going to be live before this, this episode launched and it doesn't look like it's going to be, it's going to be sometime in June. So all I would urge you to go and do is just go connect with Joanna, start chatting to her, drop her a, a DM and just just start talking to her let her know your favourite bit about this episode of the podcast. I knew this, this episode has actually been way longer than most of the other podcast but I think it it merits the the length it was a incredible podcast and I'm really thankful for your your time and attention throughout uh, I've, I've seen a lot of you listening in on the podcast I can see the stats I I know people are listening and it, it's, it's it's incredible so connect with Joanna take away some action from this go and improve your procurement teams and if i could just ask one little favor if you got some value out of this podcast if you're on apple podcast or maybe google uh, podcast go leave a review five star reviews really help leave a leave a comment and we'll start featuring the comments real soon on the future podcast episodes so yeah we'll see you very soon my friends goodbye <laughs>